0: All right. Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome to episode number four of Orange Pillars. If you haven't watched an episode before, Pavao and I basically just hang out for a few hours once a month, talk about Bitcoin, share orange pilling stories. Um, If you enjoy the show, you can support it by sending some Sats to the QR code in the YouTube description. Uh, All of those Sats go towards helping to Orange Pill Rab, and we'll give people updates uh, if that gets traction and sort of where we're spending the funds. And you can also listen on Fountain, which is a value for value podcasting platform, and it lets you stream sats as you listen. Also, lets you boost sats and even earn sats while listening, which is kind of cool. So, uh, Paval, thanks for uh, thanks for being here, and always always a treat having this chat once a month. It comes quick; feels like we just <laughs> had this like a
1: week ago. <laughs> exactly, this monthly rhythm is really you know it's it's like perfect. Not yeah. too often, not too you know rare. So. It's yeah. And I
0: think it's not, um, yeah, I think monthly is like it's not an overcommitment where it becomes like a burden, yeah. but it also, and it gives you enough time to kind of bottle up thoughts and exactly. then sort of crystallize them and discuss them. And, um, I appreciate these very much, regardless of whether people listen to this or not, I appreciate the shit out of them. So thank you. Nice. Um, so one thing I've been thinking about a lot, I go for a lot of walks and mm-hmm one thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is this idea of, you know, we always throw around the idea of number go up technology. Mm -hmm. And I think for the most part, um, that usually references the spot price. Um, Mm -hmm. but what I've really started to kind of buckle down on is the idea that number go up the really, the the important number is the network participants, um, Mm -hmm. more so than the fiat denominated price. Mm-hmm. And the idea that the, the amount of people that are using Bitcoin as a tool to escape fiat slavery, which mm-hmm. to the uninformed probably sounds sensationalistic, but I think it's true on many levels when you start to dive deep into it, um, the number of participants is really what makes the network valuable. And if the number of participants is going up, the price will follow. Um, and, you know, the fiat price is always going to be manipulated because fiat is constantly being manipulated and will continue to do so as a, at an accelerated rate as this kind of, you know, this merry-go-round comes to an end. Um, but what I really like about the number go up talking about number of participants is that it's very action oriented, right? In that mm-hmm. each of us can help number of participants go up by helping people understand Bitcoin. And that is sort of the essence of, of orange pilling. Um, so yeah, what are your thoughts on number go up? as it's commonly applied? And, you know, do you agree that the number of participants in the network is actually what makes it valuable, right? More so than anything else. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, I think that uh, what Bitcoiners usually really mean when they say number go up is that the purchasing power of, of, uh, of Bitcoin as, as money goes up. Which is true because uh, more and more people uh, come into the onto the network and uh, start holding their money in Bitcoin, which raises uh, the demand for for holding Bitcoin, which increases the monetary premium, which increases the purchasing power, and since we cannot make more of the Bitcoins, uh, you know, other than what we can mine uh, according to the schedule, there is always going to be increasing you know, more and more increase in the purchasing power. So, yeah, definitely, I, I, I think that Bitcoin network is growing both in the number of people who are participating. So we can clearly see that from the, you know, number of new addresses that are, that are you know, uh, created, but also it's growing uh, because there is more and more uh, economic monetary demand on top of it so like let's say you you can compare like one michael Taylor is uh much more impactful because he's uh you know he has a lot more monetary demand he holds a lot more uh, purchasing power on the network than uh you know ten thousand very small uh you know uh stackers and but again they they are both very important and they do not take from each other so the fact that michael saylor or any other like big bitcoin holder holds a lot of monetary uh demand in on on bitcoin is not affecting my stack at all in fact it's just uh improving its uh, purchasing power so uh, in that case it's very you know fair system like the only fair system currently where uh, the, the fact that someone holds a lot more does not affect anyone who hold less, holds hold less and uh, you know er- everyone's incentive is aligned. And the only reason why that is so is because there is nobody that can mess with the supply of Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is uh, Bitcoin supply is fixed, it's non-responsive to the increases in demand and uh, that's what makes uh, the you know the number go up technology work. And I, I I think that when we look at it that from that angle, I think that really the number go up is the most important technology in Bitcoin because all other technologies are flowing from it. So the fact that Bitcoin is deflationary money that appreciates in purchasing power over time is what enables all this marvelous new technologies that are being developed all these different uh, apps, different use cases, different uh, custody models, different—you uh, know—who knows what what we are gonna do uh, next? You know, the mining industry that's uh, merging with the uh, energy industry—all uh, that's are basically all—all all those effects are predicated on uh, Bitcoin number go up, so to speak. Bitcoin's purchasing power continue to increase and. Uh, this is why i think bitcoin is really you know uh, a great thing to to behold so
0: i think yeah. humans fundamentally understand scarcity also i was having a conversation yeah. with um the guy that runs a jiu jitsu gym that i used to go to <laughs> and was kind of talking about and like when i talk to Bic- about bitcoin to people i really like trying to tune into their body language and facial language to see like what what part is actually like biting right like what's grabbing yeah. them and (laughs) i'm going through all these kind of like metaphors i usually use and he's not really paying attention and then i said there's only ever going to be 21 million of them and his eyes light up he's like oh it must be worth something there's only 21 like he fundamentally understood scarcity when i said you know i think now there's over 19 million that are out there in circuit so we got two million to go for the next (laughs) 110 years um to deal with all the new demand that's going to be generated as people learn about this. And, and I think um, I think just this notion that people fundamentally understand that things that are scarce, provably scarce, have an innate value. And I really don't think most people really understand the difference between relative scarcity and absolute scarcity because we've never had absolute scarcity before. Right. And I, I really like to um, I've started to really buckle down on, on asking people, why is gold valuable? and just hearing what they say, because most people, you know, it gives me an idea of like, where's their current understanding? What level can I speak to with them that, they're, that they can kind of, um, that they can um, keep up with, that they can kind of understand. And people fundamentally understand that there's not a lot of gold in the world. It's hard to get more gold. It's expensive to mine it. Um, and, and so gold is expensive um, because it's scarce. And this idea that relative to copper, gold is very rare, gold is very scarce, but um, you know, that relative scarcity uh, is, is still, you still have a 2% inflation rate every year, which means that in like something like 30 years, you've lost, I think 50% of your purchasing power, something along those lines, which it exponentially, it goes pretty quick. Whereas with Bitcoin, this idea of absolute scarcity, where it doesn't actually matter if 10 times as many people want to buy Bitcoin, uh, we can't just make more of it because we want to, right? And this idea that we've never had that before, it's not something on people's radar. I don't think people fundamentally understand the implications of that if and when demand, even if demand continues to increase at the rate it has, the idea that there are not doesn't matter if you have a billion dollars or a trillion dollars, you cannot will more Bitcoin into existence, even if you tried. And this is a very special thing. Um, and you know, one thing I've been working to do, I had this dinner the other day, I have a, I have a friend, he's moving to Italy for his birth, for his 30th birthday. I did kind of a little experiment to give him like some sort of keepsake. And I put 30,000 sats into a wallet. And I took the 12 word recovery, put it into BIP39 format. So it's just like 12 strings of four numbers. And I gave him this engraved on a piece of metal. Um, And I said, here's a piece of metal. There is Bitcoin on this. If and when you want to access this, let me know. And I'll teach you how he was very interested. He's like, you know, not only is this a cool thing for my 30th birthday, but like (laughs) it's trippy that there's actually Bitcoin on here. It's just a mess of numbers. This is weird. So it was kind of like a more of a gimmicky thing than anything, but You know, he's the chef. He said, you know what, why don't you come over for dinner? I'll cook you a nice meal. And the trade will be, we can talk about Bitcoin. We didn't really end up talking about Bitcoin that much because we just had more things to talk about. But, you know, one thing his girlfriend asked me, she's like, well, how do I, how does my Bitcoin multiply? Like you talk about how Bitcoin gets more valuable. Like, how is it multiplying? And, you know, it kind of stumped me because I'm like, all right, how am I going to, how can I explain this? (laughs) <laughs> and what I said was, it's not so much that Bitcoin is necessarily multiplying. When you have a certain amount of satoshis, that's what you have unless you buy more. It's that everything else is getting diluted. So relative to everything else, Bitcoin gets higher in value. Yep. And she kind of understood that, right? She's like, it's not that like I'm gaining interest on my Bitcoin. It's that relative to everything else which is abundant and being diluted, the fact that this is scarce means that relative to everything else, it's going to go up in value. And she kind of understood that. So yeah, I just think, you know, even as I was making that engraving, that plate, it's like the, the idea that I could put a billion dollars in 12 (laughs) strings of four numbers and bring them with me wherever I want is the trippiest thing ever. It's so crazy. Um, and so special also, and, and gives, you know, I think when I was doing that, I'm like, wow, there is so many options in terms of how to custody your Bitcoin, so many strategies, which can be customized and tailored to your risk tolerance, how much wealth you have in there, um, the level of understanding you have of how to keep your Bitcoin safe. And, um, you know, but I think at the end of the day, what I learned from that meal I had was like, people really have to understand the fundamentals of why Bitcoin is valuable for them to really even care about investing the time, which is mandatory to understand it and learn how to custody it. And you know, I think what I've just been trying to do these days is make it less intimidating for people. Number one is help them identify problems that I know they have and that they're talking about and complaining about, but they don't know Bitcoin solves and make that connection and then make it less intimidating so that they can understand it at a high level and know that like, this is a long-term thing. Like you're not just gonna get Bitcoin and feel cool putting all your money in it. You really have to, it's like level up, stack your knowledge, stack your sats, stack your knowledge. And and as, if those two things have become a big disparity, that's where the cause for anxiety is. That's where the concern and the worry is. And so it's really about equalizing like the, the size of your stack of your sat stack with the size of your knowledge stack and making sure that those incrementally go together. Um, and uh, once people understand it's a long-term investment, kind of like health. Like I, I really think my background in health has helped me understand, Bitcoin, uh, helped me understand how to orange pill more effectively. Because health is a long game. Bitcoin is a long game. And if you rush it, you just fuck it up. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, you you touched on a lot of uh, topics that I uh, that I have been studying very deeply in the last. Two years, especially since I'm working with safeedin. So you mentioned gold and uh, you know uh, copper and all the other things. Why, for example, why uh, why was gold uh, money? Why was the, why was it most most valuable thing? And some you know when you don't think about it so deeply, you may think that it's valuable because it's uh, you know nice and shiny and yellow and scarce you know uh, in the nature but uh it's not really because of that because um if you for example compare platinum for example uh it's also nice and shiny it's not yellow it's more white and it's also rare uh yeah, but it's even more scarce yeah it's even more scarce but uh you know it's it's not it doesn't have monetary property as gold has only because its stock-to-flow ratio is much lower than gold. And what do I mean by that? Is gold has been accumulating, you know, humanity has been accumulating gold like for five, 6,000 years already. So because we have so large stock stockpiles of gold, you know, there are gold bars that contain gold that has been used in, you know, ancient Egypt and, you know, things like that. So there's huge stock of gold, and the newly minted, newly mined supply of gold is very small relative to the amount of stock. You know, While the platinum, for example, since it's kind of um, a new metal or, you know, or uh, we have only recently, maybe for, I don't know, 100 years or so uh, since the industrial revolution, we have been able to mine platinum and use it. The stock of platinum is actually much slower so if we try to monetize platinum we will increase the monetary demand for holding platinum but then the producers of platinum will be able to increase the supply at a much higher rate because the stock of platinum is much smaller than its yearly supply. So and with gold since we have like 50 or 60 years worth of uh, of uh, stock if we double the supply you know if we mine double the amount of of gold that we then we did last year we are not gonna uh the stock to flow ratio is still gonna be very high around 50 or 60 and we have to check it exactly while with platinum the stock to flow is maybe two or three you know the amount of stock that's that stockpiled of platinum versus the yearly supply if we were to double yearly supply we could actually you know um increase the the, the stock drastically, which Mm. means that the price of platinum will go down. And and when we compare Bitcoin, you know, with gold and platinum and any other thing that we may use as money, because remember, we can use anything as money because money is just a medium of exchange, right? Humans are exchanging with one another. And uh, the problems with direct exchange is that there is uh, what we call double coincidence of wants. So we use medium of exchange in order to solve for that problem. And we can use anything as medium of exchange. In fact, people are using many different things as medium of exchange. One of them is uh, real estate, for example. Uh, many people are, using, are buying houses not because they want to consume them, because they want to live in them or use them for anything. They're buying houses because they want to exchange them for something else later. Right? Right. So they are using houses as money. Thus, you know, the housing prices have this monetary premium attached to it. Uh, so so anyway, what, what the Bitcoin's unique uh, property as money is that uh, the stock to flow of Bitcoin is only going up. So currently it's around the same as gold, maybe a little bit less. Uh, but, you know, in the next halving in 2024, I think stock to flow is going to shoot up to maybe 80 or so. I mean, you, we can check that. It's it's pretty easy to check because you just take the amount of Bitcoin that has been mined already and divide it by the yearly new production of Bitcoin. So you will get the number stock to flow ratio. And uh, the fact is that Bitcoin is, you know, when the last Bitcoin is going to be mined, the stock to flow is going to be infinite. And... And we haven't you know we haven't ever uh had i don't think uh, we know what that does yeah we don't know what that does i mean we do know so so with this question about how how is it gonna look like like how do you get more bitcoin if you know bitcoin is i mean how do you how does it work if bitcoin if the amount of coins are is is fixed right and we can argue that it's actually dropping because the there's the difference between the nominal amount of bitcoin and the real amount of bitcoin because the real the real amount of bitcoin is actually less than the nominal amount because people lose their their coins and they uh they maybe some some people will simply burn the coins uh, on purpose in order to kind of uh, <laughs> donate the purchasing power to the rest of the network uh but i think it's the ultimate the form is, of
0: philanthropy Like you want to be able to it's like you're basically it's free market philanthropy where if you burn a coin or a series of coins, you're giving it to the entire world of Bitcoin holders to use as they see fit. And you're doing it in terms of purchasing power. So I think it is like, you know, Elon Musk, you want to you want to do philanthropy, buy a billion dollars of Bitcoin, burn it all. And then you just helped the whole world spend (laughs) that billion dollars worth of purchasing
1: power more wisely. Like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool uh so so that's happening and so how how do we like uh how do we kind of uh make more bitcoin or how do we uh, what's the what's the 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 way to think about you know bitcoin's price um uh, is that actually like we will always produce more of other goods and services so for example this year we maybe produced 100 apples And there is a price, you know, according to the demand for apples, we have supply of 100 apples, we have certain demand, and there is certain price in terms of Bitcoin. But if next year we produce 1000 apples, then that means if we have the same demand that the price of, you know, uh, of apples will drop down 10 times in terms of Bitcoin. So the more the the more things we produce, the higher quality things we produce, the more services we, we ca- come up with, all of these things are getting more and more abundant and Bitcoin is staying constant, it's staying the yeah. same. So that means that simply the prices of everything in- denominated in Bitcoin are going to continue to drop and drop and drop. And the purchasing power of Bitcoin is going to in- is gonna continue to increase. In fact... You you may witness a situation, and this is something very important, especially for, for many Bitcoiners to, to really understand, uh, is that you will most likely, like <laughs> this is something that I discussed with my friend uh, the other day, there is most likely the amount of SAT, the amount of Bitcoin that you're holding right now is the most, you know, the the largest nominal amount of Bitcoin that you will hold in your life, like in 10, 15, 20 years, chances are the nominal amount of Bitcoin is going to drop down drastically while your purchasing power will increase drastically. So you may end up, let's say one Bitcoin today is uh, around 20 something thousand US dollar of purchasing power. So we can visualize what we can buy with around 20,000 uh us dollars worth of purchasing power that's one bitcoin today but you know in 10 years only a million sats right that's 0.01 bitcoin may end up buying much more than uh, than uh, one whole bitcoin buys today so you may end up uh in 10 years buying around two hundred thousand us dollars uh, of purchasing power so you may end up buying like a, a house versus a car with uh less nominal bitcoin than you actually have today so even if your nominal amount of bitcoin that you that you hold drops over time your purchasing power will may um ex- like uh grow faster than the nominal amount of bitcoin that you hold Uh, is going down and really how do how do like you you really feel this and you really kind of um, I don't know how to say like embody this idea when you start living on a full bitcoin standard because then you you are also you're at the same time you you have your inflows that are denominated in bitcoin and you have your outflows that are denominated in, in bitcoin so you you still you will still see that The amount of Bitcoin that you are kind of handling over time is actually dropping, while your purchasing power is increasing, and um, so it's it's really fascinating thing. It's hard to explain when you um, uh, when when people still have fiat or or some amount of fiat that's that's kind of uh, kind of uh, twisting and
0: manipulating the way they think.
1: Yeah, yeah it's 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 basically just uh it's uh, it's a frame of mind that you are looking at something it's 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 hard to to get out of it it's like uh, you know these uh, visual kind of um um things that you know there is like a an image or a pattern or something that you don't really see an image on it but there is a way to look at it so that you see this 3D image. I don't know if you heard, it's like a visual optical illusion of sorts. So once you see it, right, you cannot really unsee it, right? (laughs) Uh, And Bitcoin is like that. So once you really step into the full Bitcoin standard and really use it as your money, is uh you cannot really unsee the fact that for example purchasing power of bitcoin is going to continue going up while your nominal amount of bitcoin is continue is going to continue to go down most likely it's very very likely that that's going to happen for most of of people because most of most people will not be able to 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 make to their income is not going to be uh growing at the percentage rate that bitcoin purchasing power is growing. It's like basically you would have to make 10 times more every 4 years. Uh yeah, in order to in order to to keep, you know, stacking the same amount of of coins. Right. And uh and most people can't do that. Most people, you know, work simple normal jobs that uh, provide value to others and they earn like average amount of of uh, of inflow, but the fact that they are say that they are using bitcoin uh is uh, is what's you know increasing their purchasing power so it's it's amazing but i still think that there is a lot of uh a lot of things to a lot of kind of uh ideas to to absorb in the bitcoin community um and uh, one of these ideas is that it's it's really not about the amount of sats that you that you own right uh it's about your overall purchasing power that has to go up and that will go up as long as your inflow and your outflow has a different. Your inflow needs to be larger than your outflow, um, and the purchasing this 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 difference, this delta, is gonna be you know stay in Bitcoin, and that's gonna increase uh, over time. Uh, so, yeah, one of the things that I kind of uh, one of my pet peeves <laughs> that I like to point point to. I think Uh,
0: the when people understand that the current fiat system, the way that it must work and must continue to go along is that it needs to create more and more
1: units. units.
0: And it must do that into perpetuity until it collapses like it is a self like it's a harsh realization when you realize this is a self terminating system, the only way this ends is by destroying itself. And like, if you understand history or if you're literate in history, you see that this is a recurring pattern because of the mechanics of how this works. It's not just like a luck coincidence thing. It's like, this is how it must go. So the idea that Bitcoin is becoming, there's less and less Bitcoin being created as time passes, as there is also more and more units of fiat being created. So there's more fiat units chasing a scarce group of sats. And that asymmetry of of how few Bitcoin are created and how many fiat units are created is huge, right? Fiat is increasing at an exponential rate and must continue to do so until it collapses. Um, Whereas Bitcoin is decreasing in its supply uh, at an exponential rate until it basically has no Bitcoin created in 2140. And that's just a fee system. So this idea that there is more and more dollars fiat units fighting for less and less Bitcoin, like if you understand if you understand even like a a basic level of supply and demand, it's like, well, inevitably over a long enough time period, that's what happens, right? The purchasing power of one unit of Bitcoin goes up uh, as the purchasing power of one unit of fiat goes down. And the other day I had dinner with two friends and it was the first time I really had to go, like we were kind of pinging off of a bunch of like high level concepts. I'm like, let's talk about the properties of money. Cause I haven't talked about the properties of money in a while. It's good. good opportunity to kind of, um, rehash it. And what I realized is like, I I really think what's important when you first have, when I first have conversations to people about money, I don't even mention the word Bitcoin, um, because automatically it, they latch onto this preconceived notion of what they think Bitcoin is, which almost always is a false assumption. Uh, it's a, it's a misunderstanding. So I just start with money. It's like, well, what are the, like, if something's good money and something's bad money, it's not just because someone said so, it's not an opinion like there are foundational first principles like properties of money that if you understand them, you then can make a judgment of what is good money and, and not good money. Um, based on like some reasoning. So why don't we go tic tac toe and go through the properties of money because as I've kind of like looked, I had to relook at the properties of money and it was hard to kind of retrieve them because I hadn't said them in a short period of time and. um and it's very interesting because I've kind of added a few of my own that I think for me are important as consider. They're not foundational properties of money, but for me, they're important considerations um, like confiscability and taxability. Like Those things are very important to me as, as a property of, is this money good or not? Well, how easily is it confiscated? How easily is it taxed? How easily can someone steal it from me? So let's go through the properties of money. I'll kick us off. First one is divisibility, right? Um, the reason a cow is not good money is you can't really divide cow into a thousand units and give it to individual people, right? It's very hard. Um, so I think this whole notion that divisibility, being able to divide and aggregate whatever token you're using as a form of money, the more easily divisible and aggregatable that money is, the better, right? Like fiat is pretty good at that. Um, gold, less so, right? If you have a gold bar, really hard to chip off like one one thousandth of that and feel confident that you're giving it to someone and it is the yeah. unit that it is whereas bitcoin is literally divisible into 100 million units called satoshis mm-hmm. so divisibility property number one you can pick a property and riff on it
1: yeah divisibility property is uh, in, in also in austrian economics is uh, is called saleability across scales right so how okay. how easy it is to to or how Another thing about divisibility is how much uh, purchasing power does it hold per unit of weight, you know, uh, as well. So that's like uh, another another thing with uh, divisibility. Uh, I like I like framework from Austrian economists that uh, Safadin expounds in his uh, in his in Bitcoin standard and also principles of economics, uh, and he talks about salability, uh, which there is saleability across time sellability across space and sellability across scales so we mm-hmm. we t- talked about sellability across scales you're right cow is worse money than for example salt because salt is much is it has a much higher sellability across scales like you can use cow as money but the uh, it's it's hard to buy uh, a, a cup of coffee with with cow with the also whole hard to buy head. the Dallas Cowboys with cows. Exactly. So, but you, you can still use you can still use cows as a medium of exchange. Like you can use that's a very important point that you can use anything as money, right? Um, literally whatever you want to 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 hold, not because you want to consume it, because you want to use it, but because you want to exchange it for something that you actually want to consume later. Then you are using that thing as money. So literally, so long as someone's hold,
0: willing to accept it as money.
1: Yeah. Or it's just it's just that, uh, that that's a very, very important thing to, to kind of uh, drill down because nobody is uh, like there are like, for example, why why do like in prisons, why do prison inmates use cigarettes as as money? Right. Uh, they will acquire cigarettes uh, and they will not smoke them, but they will use them as money. Right. In, in prisons. Uh, why is that? Well, because in prisons the, the 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 kind of the environment is such that the cigarettes end up being a good that has highest you know saleability properties for money, uh, and people use that to exchange for whatever else they they end up uh, wanting. And basically, the cigarettes are much more expensive because if you if you acquire cigarettes in prison to 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 smoke them. I mean, you will have to pay much more uh, in terms of your time. Basically, now, now your time is really the ultimate resource. So when we when we go back to what's what's money, like what are the properties of money? I think the two most important properties of money are uh, much more so than um, than uh, sellability across scales, like the visibility, because divisibility can be solved by using additional like uh, people have you have solved gold's low saleability across scales by using silver as as uh, like you you would you would use silver to buy things that are sm- that are less that are smaller in value rather than using gold bars so you would usually usually buy higher like you know a cow or a house or whatever with gold and you would use your silver as your daily daily kind of uh, pocket money so to speak but the more important things more important most important two 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 properties of money is sellability across time and sellability across space because sellability across time is really how much is your thing that you are using as money holding on to its value in unit of time so you can have, like, you can if you if you decide to use bananas as money, you can do that. Like, you, you can literally take, you know, 100 kilograms of bananas and acquire them, not because you want to eat 100 kilograms of bananas, but because you want to exchange them for whatever else you want later. Uh, but the duration of time that it will take you to, since you acquire 100 kilograms of bananas... Until you exchange them for whatever you want later, is gonna be, I don't know, maybe a month or so until bananas rot. So basically, the the sellability of uh, sellability of, of through time is very low with bananas. While, for example, you if you acquire, you know, um, I don't know, hundred kilograms of copper, you know. And exchange them a month later for something else. Then the copper has better sellability across time than bananas do. So this that is that almost tethers to diamond.
0: durability as like one of the principles. Um, yeah, you know, that's like,
1: durability. Yeah. durability. Yeah, copper like is so, more
0: durable. But it's interesting because this these yeah. these um, principles you're talking about: sellability across scale, scalability across time scale? and space. Time and space yeah. Almost yeah. like they. Transcend the the first print the the like basic properties and actually include yeah. multiple ones because I, I would agree I would argue that salability across time factors in uh, durability is this thing gonna rot or degrade yeah. over time um, but it, I think it also factors in scarcity because exactly if, exactly if someone exactly. could just That's make banana if someone can grow bananas and exactly. increase the supply. So-
1: Exactly. So so we end up like there are things that are durable. For example, copper is more durable than bananas, but still uh, it has low sellability across time, because if we all start acquiring copper, you know, uh, in order to exchange it for something else later, not because we want to consume it, we will we will increase demand for copper. We will increase the price of copper and then the producers of copper will be able to produce more of it. So that's that's the other property that's sub, like sub property durability and the, the monetary hardness. So how hard it, how hard it is it to increase the supply of the good that you're using as money because of the increase of demand, right? Mm. And that's the measure of hardness of money. So over time, what we end up ended up having is gold, had the the most hardness it was most saleable over time because we it's it's because of the gold's property that gold does not cannot really be uh destroyed or consumed you know the other metals they can they can kind of uh rust and uh decay and degrade and so on Gold this kind is very stable it doesn't uh rust it it's just uh, even if you if you even if there's an explosion you know gold bars can explode and they will still you can still remelt melt the gold back to to gold bars yes. so the fact that you cannot really destroy uh, consume gold makes it such that it accumulates over time so the new new production of gold is very small relative to the to the stock it's still it's still more you know in absolute terms today we we can produce much more gold than we could 300 years ago right because we have better technology we we have hydrocarbons we have all these machines huge machines that can you know take a lot of ground out and crush a lot of ground and so on and get more gold out and we may even we may even have a larger amount of gold if we find out how to how to extract gold from the sea or if we uh, suddenly become able to extract gold from asteroids or whatever but the fact is that the stock of gold is kind of it is always growing because we are not really consuming it. So that's what provides it with highest sellability across time. Uh, so sellability across time. Now the problem with gold it is that it has very good, very high sellability across time, but its sellability across space is very is not so good. So there is a sellability across space, which is a measure of how much does it cost you to move this money, that whatever money that you're using uh, in the unit of distance? So let's say every 100 kilometers, there is a certain amount of, of the value of money that you are moving that's that's lost in transit, so to speak. So there is like uh, in fiat standards, for example, Safedin argues that, not argues. I mean, he, he just checked the, the the prices. So there is like, uh, four I think 400 ounces of gold, the standard, uh, good delivery gold bar, which is 12 and a half kilograms, you know, the big gold bar. Hmm. Um, it's, I think it, when he wrote the book last year, when he finished, it was 750,000 us dollars, one big brick of gold, 12, 12.5 kilograms. It costs uh around 3000 US dollars to ship that gold from i think he 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 calculated from London to New York okay mm. across the across the atlantic around 3000 dollars that's less a, than i would seven,
0: have even expected actually
1: yeah it's it's actually not not so much i also didn't expect it but it's still like how much does it cost to move 750000 dollars uh in bitcoin across you know from uh, from London to New York it costs maybe a dollar or something it depends on the mempool uh how how many transactions are in mempool but it's still 1 dollar versus 3000 dollars even if transaction fees went up 100 times okay in bitcoin we are still paying 100 dollars to move 750000 dollars so we are right. still like we we would we would have to increase the 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 transaction fee 3000 times to match the cost of moving gold right. through space and that's not like that's, that's ignoring one, the time
0: one, uh, element as it's well it's
1: ignoring time right so it takes a couple of days maybe a day or two to move the gold bar you can move you can move bitcoin in 10 20 minutes right depending on how much you want to wo- uh, wait for the confirmations for the finality but so you can still move it much faster but the the the, the more important thing is that if you want to move 10 million dollars of gold this this amount of money that's that's uh, that $3000 per one good uh, delivery bar is exactly. actually going to go up because yeah. it, 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 like the 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 amount of money that you need to spend to move higher amounts of gold scales with the amount of gold so it's not the same if i want to send you a small uh, 5 gram gold coin across the atlantic and uh, one ton of gold across the Atlantic. Right. Uh, one ton of gold is going gonna, is gonna to cost much more in terms of a percentage of the total uh, value of, the, of, of gold. And then you also have the, the cost. So when you move uh, money from one place to another, money is really a solution for trading with people who you don't know, who you don't trust, because otherwise you could just extend the credit one another and you you don't need to move like you want money is really what can settle your trade without you having to trust the 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 counterparty now with gold if you move such a large amount of gold from london to new york how much is is it going to cost you to verify that the gold that you received is actually gold that you that you wanted to receive so the only way to do that for large bars of gold is to actually melt the gold down right. and recast it back so that you can because there is like there are spectrometers there are tools that are very very expensive again compared to the bitcoin full node which performs this verification literally every single 10 minutes on by the way on all the supply of of uh, of bitcoin rather than just your gold bar right yeah
0: when you do your gold bar you're not doing all the gold in the world exactly
1: (laughs) so really the bitcoin's full node that can literally be run on on pretty much any laptop actually checks the whole supply and verifies the whole supply of 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 bitcoin and also your bitcoin that you are receiving it checks that it's that your bitcoin that you're receiving is exactly let's say you're receiving one bitcoin it's one bitcoin over 21 million of of total bitcoin, while when you receive uh, a gold uh, gold bar, like you don't really know how how much gold is out there. You you can you can verify that the gold bar is yours, even though it's very expensive. You have to melt it down. You have to recast it back into 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 gold uh, gold bar, and then you still don't really know how much more gold is out there. So I don't so think we'll ever know.
0: There's so much paper gold out there, fake gold, that there's actually exactly. no way of checking.
1: And and this is why, so so gold's sellability across space, low sellability across space, is exactly why uh, Fiat Standard basically came up. Fiat Standard is just a technological kind of solution for gold's low sellability across space. Because if you take this gold, of, this bar of gold, right? It's like that, a
0: layer two on gold
1: exactly so so your bar of gold that you have at your house right 750000 dollars of of gold has much higher it ha- has has more is more valuable if you put it in your bank in your vault because then you can actually send it across atlantic faster and cheaper because your bank in in new york and the bank in london they are just going to you know change ownership in their internal database they would yes, just say ledger Look, change just a ledger change this is why the this is why gold basically got wings when you put it in your in your bank and this is not there's the there's a cost to that though there's
0: a cost exactly. to getting wings
1: there is cost so so the banks could actually get away with inflating the supply of of gold you know they they could fractionally reserve gold and actually issue fiduciary media certificates that that uh, that basically uh there were more certificates circulating than the gold than the gold in the in the walls and basically this is why governments have been able to capture the the whole railways of of gold settlement this is why for example today you cannot really create a free banking in gold right that people have been trying to do that but you know government will not allow that to do because they will they 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 can control the settlement uh, of gold, uh, gold bullion uh, in the market, and in Bitcoin, this this is, solu- this is what what actually will prevent. So I I sometimes I smile when when I hear gold bugs. Sometimes they they, they like to say yeah. Uh, they have been suppressing the price of gold for, you know, how much time they can do that because they have a lot of money. You guys, you Bitcoiners, you just just wait and, you know, you will see how, how they will suppress your your price of Bitcoin. But the fact that you can take possession of your Bitcoin and send it across space with just your laptop, you know, and connection to Internet, you don't need, you know, this huge apparatus to move large amounts of Bitcoin uh, across space that's what makes, you know, that's what makes the, the fact, this is why we haven't seen a uh, fiduciary media issued on top of Bitcoin. We do not really, I, I mean, if I send you, if I send you a uh, Bitcoin, uh, you don't really care. It, I'm not going to say, look, Nick, uh, I'm going to send you Binance certificate uh, for, for Bitcoin. I mean, like, what's that? It, 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 Exchanges have not been issuing, uh, you know, uh, certificates on top of Bitcoin uh, because Bitcoin is so easy to take, you know, to, to move across space. Um, and at the end of the day, happen. I don't really
0: care what you give me, what certificate, what third party but, says you gave me. All I care about is if my node tells me exactly, that I received exactly. the Bitcoin and that you actually exactly. had that Bitcoin to give to me. That's all I care That's about. That's it.
1: That's it. So so. So this is the property of money, you know, sellability across space. That that uh, fiat has high sellability across space because you know the the, the bank uh, network can actually. It doesn't matter if your bank is in Canada and my bank bank is in Europe. The banks will just connect, you know use communication channel to to you know change the ledger. Right. It takes more time though in in fiat standard because there is. You know many because they're closed on weekends, <laughs> intermediaries. Yeah, there's no weekends, they have to do it kind of manually, you know, and yeah. it can be 10 people kind of it has to go through. through. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not really transparent, especially if you do this international uh ACH transfers, you know, big, big wires, whatever. And of course, it can be censored at any moment, it's really you know, slow, cumbersome, expensive, and so on. It's based on trust and based on this old kind of uh archaic way of, of, of doing uh, money. While you're Bitcoin, basically taking you know, on many,
0: many layers of risk. You're taking on counterparty exactly. risk. You're taking on censorship risk. So fiat was a layer two technology built on gold to provide yeah. better saleability across, across space, space because it's very expensive exactly. to send gold bars. Um, and
1: sacrifice gold saleability across time because fiat has terrible saleability across time because you can create more fiat yeah. by issuing more debt right so that's so we ended up basically sacrificing the whole civilization and all the wars that we had all this tremendous destruction that that fiat caused fiat food fiat uh, fuels fiat health basically feel all of that all of that in the 20th century came about because we kind of wanted to save uh money on gold settlement across space so that's (laughs) that's basically yeah yeah we we are not paying you know three thousand dollars for for moving a bar of gold from new york to to london but you know yeah we saved it here but you know the the, our cost cost of societal uh, integrity complete (laughs) societal you know backwardation and retardation and and you know destruction so and it it seems like when we
0: went from When we packed on the layer two of fiat on top of gold, we untethered the the integrity, right, especially this notion that the amount of gold can be manipulated uh, in an untruthful way means that it doesn't matter what that second layer achieves in terms of convenience, if you remove the integrity and the truth from that system it's worthless it's actually worse than worthless and we've seen that where it just literally degrades integrity society wide because money is the base foundation of how we communicate value so. And that, you know, I would say the traditional property that uh, kind of I've come to learn, transportability, right? How easily can you transport it uh, from one place to the next? So we've talked about durability, divisibility, transportability, scarcity, which I think, you know, the big thing for me is like, scarcity is the cost of entry to play the game of money. If you don't have scarcity, none of the other things matter because in order for something to be money sustainably, Um, it must be scarce. So if you don't have scarcity, it doesn't even actually matter. If you have all the other properties, if you don't have scarcity, it's not good money, which is why fiat is shit because the scarcity element has been obliterated where 12 old dudes can make up their mind to create limitless amounts more tokens, which means that fiat is just shit money, right? It has all the conveniences to kind of lull people into this false sense of, oh, it's so much better because you know, we don't have to move our gold anymore or we'll hold it for you, you don't have to hold this and risk getting sold and it's like yeah but we sacrifice scarcity, which is the entry cost to even play the money game. So scarcity, durability, divisibility, port, um, portability or transportability. Um, another one is fungibility, right, like the idea that um, one, one unit must equal another unit right? Regardless of what unit that is, right? If, even if you don't know someone, if they have a unit, you know, it's equal to what one unit of yours is. And, um, you know, one Satoshi always equals one Satoshi.
1: Yeah.
0: Now the issue with gold we run into is that you, once again, you must assay, like you can assume that a gold coin equals a gold coin, but in order to truly verify and know for real, you must be able to assay that gold coin to make sure it's not tungsten. It's not a tungsten alloy that looks like gold. So I think even on the, um, fungibility element, um, Bitcoin is far superior because it can be provably shown that one Satoshi equals one Satoshi. And all you don't need a $3,000 assay kit, shitloads of energy and lots of, lots yeah, of heat. Exactly. All you need is a small computer that can just validate for you, not by trusting anyone, for yourself, that one Satoshi equals one Satoshi. And in fact, the Satoshi you received is a legitimate yeah, it's such a, it's so mind boggling how superior yeah. Bitcoin is um, and how nice. little, I, I think what's even more mind boggling is that people actually have zero understanding that properties of money are even a thing, right? Yeah. They, when you've mentioned some of these things, it intuitively makes sense, right? Divisibility makes sense, scarcity, yeah. people understand like, you know, things that are rare are more valuable. That's why Picasso is very valuable. Um, so we've got those. Now, the two that I've kind of tacked on that I really like are confiscability. How mm-hmm. easily can, can this form of money you have be stolen yeah. from you? Um, and I think one thing that continuously blows my mind is the idea that Bitcoin has reduced in a significant way the profitability of theft.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, and this is, I heard Michael Saylor riff on this for, uh, on a podcast, and I listened to the section like three or four times because it really did actually shock me how profound that is because it's no longer profitable to go up to someone with a $5 wrench and threaten yeah. to smash their head. If they don't give you your Bitcoin because if they smash your head, they get nothing, right? If you've custody, this is the assumption that you've custodyed in the right way. You're not just walking around yeah, with like your toeboards exactly. tattooed on your forehead. Um, but the idea that it's, it's not actually like it's not profitable to try and steal from someone because if, if you kill them, you don't get anything. If they don't give it to you, you don't get anything. So the incentive is actually to get just enough to disincentivize the violence, right? So if you give someone a hundred bucks in Bitcoin, um, they've gotten something, and if they try and get more, they might get nothing. So okay. I think the idea that um, confiscability, the property of Bitcoin, of con- like if you have three gold bars uh, and you're walking around, number one, it's heavy as shit. Number two. It's pretty easily stolen, right? Someone could punch you in the face yeah. or bring a wrench, and like that gold's gone. You're never going to see it again. Um, exactly. If you try and cross a border, you know. If you don't believe me, take a gold bar and try and cross an international border. Let me know how that goes for you. You're not going to really have gold it. anymore. <laughs> um, and then taxability is another one that I look at, right? Which kind of uh, helps me understand why property and homes are not a good form of money, right? This idea that the more easily something is taxed the lesser quality form of money it is, I think. Um, yep. And, you know, like, I think those are really important. So we've gotten...
1: Are we missing any properties of money? No. Yeah, I, I would say that confiscability and taxability is actually kind of one and the same uh, because I think that I taxes are just a form of theft of, or extortion. Good point. <laughs> they, are do, they are done against uh, the will of the other party. So... So um yeah, with gold, um yeah, so and I would even say that basically that's another another uh kind of sub-property of salability across space. Because all, all these forms of money that we that we have been talking about, they're all physical, right? And the 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 metaphysical nature of Bitcoin uh basically lends itself to the fact that there is no way to like there is no way to force to 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 kill you and take your bitcoin basically right. uh if you if you if you secure your bitcoin in a, in a proper way as i said um with all the other physical monies there is as you said calculation in which you know there is a certain amount that it costs you know for for someone to attack and and take take the money take the gold away versus how much they are ex- expecting to get and sometimes it can be profitable for for you know someone to to basically uh you know rent you or kill you and take your gold um so this is why uh, one of the reasons why gold was more valuable in the bank vault is because the economies of scale of securing such larger quantities of gold were such that it was easier to secure one you know bank vault with you know proper proper you know kind of physical security rather than you know saving gold in your larger amounts of gold in your house because your house is not really so secure so in in the past there have been wars that that you know basically someone would invade your your country and pillage your your gold and so on and also there is the security aspect of moving gold across across space as well, because again, why 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 fiat came about? Not just because it was faster and cheaper to move gold across space; it was more secure to go to, to move gold across space. Right. Like if you take, a, let's say, you are trading, uh, you you have a big you know trading ship across again across New York and London and you move i don't know whatever uh, potatoes from from united states to to london and uh, whatever tea tea from london to united states uh and there is a, a large amount of gold that's that's in your in your ship that's going to be exchanged then you have a lot higher chance of getting attacked by pirates of getting the gold uh, stolen of getting the gold you know just just lost you know there was shipwreckages that that lost uh, gold so all of that is just uh, additional cost additional risk that lowers the saleability of of gold uh, across space increases its confiscability right because then if you if you put it in the bank vault i mean it can be confiscated right by the sovereign which was you know it didn't happen immediately but over time as more and more gold was kind of uh uh, centralized across, uh, you know, in uh, in bank walls, we basically had uh, a single British Empire had the largest, uh, you know, Bank of England was the largest bank. British pound was uh, held its uh, gold gold value, gold peg, very good. It, you know, trade flourished around the world, and uh, you know, it the temptation just came too big you know at some point yeah. and that's when they actually started uh world war one basically because you know th- there's a nice uh in the fiat standard safe in this book there is a nice chapter on how actually how was the fir- world war one financed by the bank of england their own documents that came up just you know in 2017 so basically they had this sealed uh throughout the whole century so we didn't really, yeah yeah yeah, basically they, they tried to issue war bonds, but you, uh, but England um, no one bought they, them. They, they wouldn't buy them, or they they bought maybe one third of the of the bonds necessary to go to war, and that's when they basically uh, appointed two officials from the Bank of England to to buy those bonds in their name, and they printed uh, the gold that they didn't have right, and they bought the whole bond trench. And that's how that's how they were able to to drag England into the World War One, uh, and uh, that's 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 how the Fiat standard actually started. Yeah, the, the playbook the
0: repeats of... every war, right? It's like exactly. they basically created the playbook, which then gets used constantly to go to war yes. because war is profitable. And then New when you really world.
1: think about it, World War One was really, really, you know completely unnecessary devastating war that basically la- laid the ground for the world war ii right because mm. you had this uh very you know uh unstable situation after the world war one ended that led to, to to hitler uh coming up you know weimar republic uh, went into hyperinflation and all of that was just you know then world war ii started fiat printer you know gold printing came into even higher overdrive so the world war ii was even higher even more destructive and then and then the cold war started and then basically in 1971 we kind of went completely into the full fiat standard right so it's just insane how how these things uh work how how yeah <laughs> it's bad but you know Thank God we have Bitcoin, which which fixes yes. all of that at its root. So it's really, it's really, really great. The, you know, the fact that we can, the fact that we can send money across, you know, Atlantic with each other, without touching the the, the fiat infrastructure, you know, is absolutely amazing. That's really, really, it's stunning. Just that, right? Just just yeah. the fact that we can send yeah. uh, money let alone the fact that the money that we are sending has absolute scarcity, because even gold doesn't have absolute scarcity. Even <laughs> gold constantly constantly inflates its supply, and you cannot really... I mean, you can say that you you will maintain your purchasing power over time or maybe slightly, slightly increase it. But with Bitcoin, it's very likely that you are going to constantly have, you know, large increases in purchasing power know as the as the supply basically gets cut in half the margin supply every four years so it's it's completely different uh type of 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 money that that we never really you know had a chance to even conceive about so it's completely understandable that many people do not understand you know how to how to really approach how to use this this is a new technology that it's really it's yeah (laughs) You know it's funny because
0: I, I bought this kid's book um which is like a like a little kiddie book about bitcoin and it's like this a story of bitville and a talks it's, it's actually really good i give it to good money yeah <laughs> that's the level that adults need to go to because we have zero foundational understanding of money the properties of money functions of money history of money like if people were just more history literate i think they would be more up and up on wow in times of sound money civilization flourished we yeah. didn't have wars people traded it was beautiful and then in times of fiat the world gets dark as shit because it's open to manipulation i think if people just saw that they would have a much more robust background understanding of even having context to be able to make their own decisions right like really if if, if all we did with baseline uh, monetary education was help people understand give them the tool don't tell them what the best form of money is we know it yeah but Give them the tools to evaluate, to empower them to be able to evaluate the best form of money, because we know where that road leads. But people have to get there on their own. That that is the ethos of Bitcoin, right? It's do the work to get there without having to trust anyone that that's the truth. Figure out the truth yourself by diving down into the fundamentals. And I think this idea that digitally we can scale education in a way we never have before, Um, if you really make a compelling And this is not an easy thing but it's simple but not easy make a really compelling digital education platform where a five-year-old can go there and navigate an 80 year old Mm -hmm. can go there and navigate and can understand everything you say because it's so simple and so and the 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 landscape of what's available now is so different than when like i think back to when i got into bitcoin initially and i was like there wasn't i was listening to everything Antonopoulos said i would listen to but even then, the the variety, the images, the graphics, the stuff out there now is so overwhelming and so beautifully yeah. simple and elegant um, that it's just a totally different landscape. Like we're really kind of it almost seems like every time, every bear market, we have a more robust foundation to then peg up to the next level because the education just up levels in such a big way. Yep. Um, and one thing I'm noticing now is that despite Bitcoin, you know, the, the The fiat number being down right now, people Mm -hmm. are actually more curious about Bitcoin right now than they have been in previous. um, Sure, like bear cycles, which I find very interesting. And it might be an indicator that like, all right, well, you know, it's funny how when Bitcoin shoots up, people all of a sudden get interested, whereas when Bitcoin goes way down, they lose interest. But it seems like this is just in my personal circle, but it seems like people are more curious now, even in a bear cycle, which could be an indicator that, you know, maybe we're starting to go on the up part of the hockey stick inflection point because it kind of does, ha- it happens slow, then it happens all at once. Um, and yeah, I just think the properties of money are so incredibly powerful to really knuckle down on. They might not be sexy or exciting, but at the end of the day, that is the foundation everyone has to kind of step on in order to develop their own understanding of Bitcoin. And i found a lot of value um myself in trying to articulate these because as every time I try something different or try and approach it in a different way, I learn so much about better ways of articulating it and what metaphors to use or what ways to convey these properties of money, which can seem dry but are incredibly important to people so that they actually want to understand it. Um, And when they do, like you said, it's like that thing you look at where you can't see anything and once you see it, you can't unsee it. I think the properties of money they might take yeah. a bit of time to trickle into people's consciousness to them for them to be able to apply in their own mental model or or more importantly to actually like I think the painful part for people is in order to understand money you must uncover that fiat has made you a slave your entire life and that discomfort the dis- until the discomfort of Um, until the pain you're having with regards to the money you're using is higher than the discomfort of admitting you've been deceived equalizes, they it's, it's way more comfortable to revert back and saying, there's no problem. Yeah. Right. Like this whole saying of ignorance is bliss. I think this is where in Canada, especially people are just too damn comfortable. We don't have (laughs) enough. We don't have enough obvious. I'm not going to say we don't have enough problems. We don't have enough obvious problems that affect the lucky people for them to have a true reason to want to understand money, the truckers sure. did because they saw firsthand. Anyone who donated to the truckers got a nudge that censorability is a real thing with Fiat. When someone could just turn off your bank account with a button, um, hmm, I didn't know that could happen. That's uncomfortable. Yep. Um, maybe I should learn about money and what other forms of money I can use that reduce that risk in future. So I think it's just a. You know all humans react to pain this is like some this fundamental truth that i feel deep in my soul it's like all change is achieved through pain until someone experiences enough pain they have no nudge to change and when you're changing your fundamental understanding of money that's you know the the scale of the change um, must be directly related to the scale of the pain that you're experiencing in order to make that change which is why some people literally with health have to get to the point of catastrophe before they're like oh shit I need to work on this. Whereas before they know something's wrong, but they're like, the pain's not enough that I really have to spend time and energy on this. Um, And one thing I've been thinking of these days too, is this notion of debt. Like when you started talking about how debt, debt is a tool for control. If you're in debt to me, I have a sense of control over you. Yeah. And, you know, I might, uh, I sent Robert um, Breedlove a message and we might riff on this in future, but this idea that, financial debt and disease which is health debt are yeah. like this very very similar parallel yeah. where the system and is they may even cause one
1: another uh, pardon i think also that there may be a causal relationship with yes the, you know, i agree i think disease, fiat is the
0: root cause of of this being in debt, debt yeah
1: definitely. but this
0: idea that being diseased means you are in health debt yeah being financially in debt um, means that you're in monetary debt, they're yep. both tools to induce fear and to keep people um, under their control. And so they're not incentivized. The system is oriented, 100% oriented yep. to keep you diseased and to keep you in debt. And it does yep. that by not giving you any idea that, that um, you're diseased until, until there's a big problem. And it does that with the finance world by basically giving you these carrots. Yeah, right? The reality is, if I lever up in the fiat world, I can make much more fiat dollars. I take on more risk. But that yeah. that temptation, right? The temptation to just mortgage your house instead of buy it, because you can literally get paid to own debt because your asset is appreciating faster. And your your asset is appreciating a lot because we've monetized homes and your debt is deflating because as they print more units of currency, the the, the yeah. units of debt you owe. Um there becomes less of them, and it's such a sinister it
1: is incentive <laughs> structure. It really it, is. Yeah, it's playing with people's minds. And uh yeah, it makes perfect logical sense that if your interest rate on your mortgage is, I don't know, 10 or 8% or 5% or however per year. Three percent right now, 3%, even three percent. Yeah, it makes sense to, 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 to take on this, this mortgage and then, you know, you know if, if you're a bit smarter, then buy Bitcoin with it, you know, and then, of course, Bitcoin is going to appreciate at a faster pace than your mortgage and so on, blah, blah, blah. The, pro- the problem with all of that is that uh, you are not taking into account the, the uncertainty of the future, right? Yeah. It, it's literally, you don't know what's going to happen in the future, both in, uh, like, uh, good Things that can happen or bad things that can happen you don't know you are taking and you are taking the risk you are taking quantifiable risk for the uncertainty uh, which is complete it's completely uncertain for you you don't know what's going to happen to you in one right. year two years three years do, you don't know but you already made a decision to, to to get into debt for I don't know 10 15 20 years however long you' in your lifetime mortgage in a lifetime yeah in French is actually death document exactly mall. it's
0: like insane so it's Ed like document. basically you're yeah. signing up for debt for your entire life till you're dead
1: yeah it's <laughs> crazy so so what what bitcoiners will uh, learn how to do is when they get when they get into under the full bitcoin standard and when they learn how how budgeting really really works now you you start to understand you you basically uh start doing this you start treating your money across time okay you you start to understand that let's say you you have saved up, right? So you are looking at your at your at your savings, what you have already. So you're looking at your past, your past money that you already have, you know the, the the coins that are on UTXOs that you control the private key. This is the money that you have, right? With hundred yeah. percent surplus, your surplus, your your money, your purchasing power. That's your money. And now you know. According to your, when you start running your your budget, you will know what are approximately your expenses for, you know, some certain, let's say, a house, your your shelter, your 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 basically your the way the where you live, you that has certain certain costs. Let's say monthly cost. If you are renting uh, a, a, an apartment or a house, you have a certain monthly cost. If you own a house, you have a certain cost of maintaining the house in, in, in order or whatever. So you will know how much how much of these months, let's say that you are renting house, uh, renting a renting a place, and you will know exactly how much is your monthly, monthly rent and how much of this monthly rent have you have you saved up. And let's say in the in the bull market, you know, what's what's gonna happen? is that your that your savings in the in the let's say rent category are going to probably go up around 10 times okay every 4 years probably you you will just 10x your 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 purchasing power which means that if you for example if you had 3 months of savings you know in your in your rent category suddenly you have 30 months <laughs> you know now what you need to do is You basically, you are, at that point, you are incentivized to basically prepay your your rent. Let's say 24 months in advance, two years in advance. And you come to your landlord and you say, look, I want to pay you right now for the next 24 months that I'm going to stay in in the place. And can you give me a discount? Because I'm going to pay you a lump sum today. And... Your landlord is most likely gonna be happy to give you a discount, yeah. because because you are you know you are prepaying for for a lot. You are taking taking out his risk, his tenant risks, his occupancy risk, all of that. And what happens? Now, just imagine you do that for your for your shelter, right? You do the same thing for your food, right? If you, for example, if you are buying meat on a weekly basis, maybe you save up, you know. 12 or 24 months of of food budget right you will maybe you will meet a rancher you will say okay i'm gonna pay you right now i'm gonna buy a so cow that I, yeah for a cow and then i will you know when when is the time for slaughter then then i will get the meat and so on or you can buy a quarter or a half of the beef and store it whatever you can pre-purchase you can prepay your your future expense today right because of the because bitcoin appreciated uh, so much and you have much more savings same thing with for example with uh, transportation you buy if you want to buy a car you buy it of course in the bull market when you hit your savings target you buy it but you also try to negotiate with your car dealer or a car mechanic can you can i prepay you you know some sort of guarantee that you can that you will service my car i will i will drive this car for the next 4 years And uh, you know, all of that expenses. I want I want to pay you right now. Can you give me a discount for that? Most of them will be happy to give you a discount. It's like it's like paying for a gym membership. You know, you will get, you know, if you if you pay a whole year of gym membership, you will get two months for free, basically, for with most gyms. So you want to pay in advance. If you want to go to vacation, you you have like, I don't know how many vacations you prepay it in advance right you pay today for a vacation that you are going to take a year from now you know your summer vacation for 2023 or for 2024 or winter vacation again the 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 the, the earlier you book your vacation the better deal you are going to get right when you the, the earlier you the farther away your your flight is booked the cheaper it is so what happens now look, just imagine this not only you are you you have you know in the bull market if you are 100% bitcoin and you budgeted your 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 money along the way you you get discounts and you prepay in advance right and now what happens when when bitcoin starts going into bear market again your monthly expenses just drop down drastically you don't have to pay your rent Right? because you prepaid it in advance you don't have to buy meat every every day or every week you prepaid it in advance you you can take all of these vacations that you have already prepaid basically your your monthly outflows drop drastically and then you can focus your time to increase your monthly inflows because you mm. have low cost you you have prepaid all for everything you are completely at peace everything is paid off everything is paid in advance and you just need to focus on stacking, stacking, accumulating. And that's what you do during the bear market, during the Bitcoin's purchasing power when it goes down. And then you just continue to accumulate, 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 right? And you, again, you hit your savings targets. Now the savings targets are going to be even higher. Now you're not going to have, I don't know, three months saved, right? Because you have, you have prepaid your rent for 24 months. Now you have 24 months of rent saved. You hit the, the the bull market. It ten xes your 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 purchasing power. Now you have two hundred and forty months of rent prepaid uh, uh, saved up. Now what are you gonna do? Well, you're probably gonna either upgrade your your rent, or maybe you can buy. If you want to buy, if you want to own that piece of property, that which that is real the estate. same. I mean, buying a house is the same thing as prepaying your rent for your life. Exactly, it is. Although right now, like. I mean, yeah, houses in general, they have monetary premium. It doesn't matter. Basically, you are free to do whatever you want. You can either buy, you can you can you can prepay the rent, you can upgrade the rent. It's up to you. What you are learning how to do is you're learning the skill of managing your of planning your expenses in the future. So instead of wasting time trying to predict what Bitcoin is going to do in the future, you stop 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 wasting a second on it. You just look at the bitcoin's purchasing power right now, you rebalance the budget, and you learn how to look forward for your own expenses. How do you want what, are, what is your what are your financial goals? What are your savings targets? What is what is the, the thing that you want to experience? That's where you have, basically that's where you have full control. You still don't know exactly because, Future is still uncertain, but I know, for example, but that I want certainties. Exactly. For an the, uncertain future. The great thing is that uh, when you plan your own future, right, even if, even if you end up not doing exactly what you planned, you still have this possibility to change your mind along the way, which you don't have if you, if you are in debt. I mean, you you can you can change your mind and get out of that, but it's very very hard. The longer you are in debt, the higher your debt your debt amount is, uh, uh, you know, compared to your asset values, the harder it is to to actually break break free of that. While when you're debt free, you just move along in this timeline and you you decide, okay, maybe I have saved up, maybe I'm I was saving up for this car, you know. Maybe you know, after two years of saving and you actually reached you know your, your savings target in the bull market, you maybe maybe you change your mind. maybe you don't want that car, maybe you want something else. Maybe you don't want to, to, to own a car at all. Maybe you want to, I don't know, ride a bicycle or own a motorcycle or whatever. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you are flexible to, to, to do whatever you want. And the thing is, the great thing, about not getting into debt is that you can actually leverage your financial power, your financial position when you are negotiating with with others, because you are, again, you you are incentivized to pay now for something that you are going to consume in the future, right? You want to pay now and consume in the future versus consume now and pay in the future, because when you consume now and pay in the future, you are, you are on the shorter end of the of the stick, so to speak. While if you are paying now for something that you're going to consume in the future, you are always in a much, much more advantageous position in terms of negotiation. You're all, always going to get a better deal and so on. Yeah,
0: you have so leverage what's going to happen, versus, versus the other side having leverage if you're in debt. You have exactly. leverage if you're in surplus.
1: So when someone tells me, look, I can get a mortgage three, four, five, whatever percent, I can get a mortgage. I can take out the mortgage. I can buy Bitcoin with it. I'm gonna make more money because Bitcoin is gonna appreciate so much, and uh, more more than I'm paying on the interest. I'm just gonna say no. You you did not calculate. You 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 do not take into a, an account what is gonna happen. For example, with me, I'm get it, I'm debt free. I'm budgeting. I know I prepay my expenses in advance, which actually allows me for example, to take some... Let, let me give you an example. You take a, Someone takes a mortgage and uh, commits to to, to to paying off this mortgage month, month, month by month. And in two years, okay, two years time, there is an opportunity for, for him uh, to basically reduce his inflow for three or six months. Let's say he's going to be without paycheck for six months or with maybe 20% of his usual paycheck of his usual inflow for six months. But then after these six months, his paycheck is going to double. Okay. So now what's going to happen? He, he cannot take this risk, right? He, 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 someone who is in debt cannot risk being without income for more than a month or, or two, however long is his, uh, you know, you know contract with with uh, with the loan with the with the bank right if you don't pay your mortgage for two or three months the bank is gonna you know evict you and foreclose you and uh, sell your house right sell the collateral yeah. so you cannot really afford to take the time off for from your usual work to basically have a chance of doubling your your income right so you you end up not taking that risk while i can actually take that risk I can actually increase my income because I'm not beholden to... to, 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 to I have savings, right? My savings, the longer I, ha- I hold savings, the longer I'm out of debt, the higher my savings, the longer my savings accumulate, the more I age my money, the more risks I can take, right? And I can many. then actually increase my income much more. Let's say someone is paying, you know, 20 or 30 years mortgage i mean over the 20 or 30 years i'm gonna end up having so much so my income is gonna dwarf income increase is gonna dwarf someone who is who is in debt you know basically for something that he already you know kind of consumed way you know uh in the past and i'm just you know i'm constantly flexible i can i can i can navigate whatever i can change my mind i can if i if i purchase a house okay i'm gonna purchase with it cash right it's, it doesn't matter so i'm so then this this house is just it's my asset it's i own it i can live with it live in it i can rent it out i can do whatever i want with it and i can sell it if i if i want right uh, i can liquidate it. so just imagine this again Bitcoin Bitcoin's volatility is actually beautiful. I like it. I mean, it, it, it allows me to, 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 to take advantage of it. It's, it's yeah. once you learn how to do it, you understand how, how it's done. I mean, for me, to be, to be honest, I would be much happier that Bitcoin's appreciation would be more linear. Let's say Bitcoin appreciates on average 10% every month. Okay that if if no one would take out any any debt if no one will get into debt there would be no leverage in the system basically bitcoin would appreciate let's say around 10% a month some months maybe it's going to appreciate 15% some months maybe 5% but you know on average 10% and that's it you 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 get your paycheck in a month it's going to be it's going to buy you 10% more it's a lot. It's, it's fast if you, if you yeah. zoom out, uh, you know, ye- on a yearly basis, but it's still not, you know, it's not like you're going to be a millionaire, so to speak, overnight, right? That would be much easier. Nobody, everyone would get Bitcoin immediately if you said, listen, every month your, your purchasing power is going to go up 10%. But the problem with, with current situation is, and I don't really see it going away until the fiat really, really shrinks, because you are still having a lot of leverage, is that yes, Bitcoin on average, let's say it appreciates 120% a year, Kager, you know, compounded annual growth rate. But the way it appreciates uh, is let's say in year one, it goes, you know, 10, 10x up, right? Or 15x up in a year, then it drops 80% down, and then it goes sideways for the next two years. And then yeah. the next cycle starts. <laughs> right. Up 10x, 15x, drop down for 80%, sideways chopping for two years. Mm-hmm. And people are then completely confused. What's this going on? You know, they are looking at the linear chart, they don't really zoom out, they don't look at the logarithmic chart. It's it's numbers are moving away super super fast uh, you know the the volatility is, is is super high they don't know how to how to kind of grasp it you know it's 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 hard but but if you i mean if you just embrace it and take the way to really take advantage of the of the of the fiat system is actually to just align yourself with you know start to ride the the volatility wave just take advantage of the bull market take advantage mm-hmm. of the bear market which means you save, you you decrease your outflows, you increase your inflows in the bear market. And then when the bull market comes, you hit your savings targets. That's when you spend, you spend more. You actually take time off your work in order to think about how you're gonna spend all of your money that you have saved, yeah. right? Because you are incentivized to do so. You want to you want to prepare, you don't want to miss bull markets appreciation because it's it's gonna follow up with, you know, the more leverage there is in the system, the, the, the faster Bitcoin appreciates, you know, in parabolic rise, the higher, the, the lower it's gonna kind of drop. The faster it appreciates, the faster it's gonna drop down. That's the nature of the, it's still gonna continue to monetize, you know, over time, it's still gonna continue to grow. But the way it grows is is, is erratic. So you want to take advantage of the bull market by simply take time off of, of work, and think about how do you how do you see your next one or two or three years you know by the next housing, you can basically have this almost like four years timelines where you want to prepay you want to expect the next bear market you want to prepay your expenses for the next bear market in mm-hmm. the bull market and that's what will allow you to have even higher savings rate in the in the in the bear market you know when someone gets into debt to buy more Bitcoin, which usually happens in the bull market, right? Because they are all euphoric and uh, you know, Bitcoin is going to the moon and let's, let's you know put some more fuel to the fire and I'm going to take out a mortgage and then I'm going to buy more Bitcoin. What happens when, what, when you do that? Well, you just increase your outflow rate in the bear market. Instead of doing the opposite, you want to basically minimize the amount of money you are spending in the, in the bear market you're actually taking on debt which is you know increasing your monthly payments right if you if you get into debt and buy a buy a car in the in the bull market you get into debt and you buy a house or you get get a mortgage you get credit card loan you get i don't know whatever cash whatever you you settle yourself with that in the bull market just imagine the, the 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 psychological pain you will feel when you hit the bear market you know bitcoin is down you know 70 80 percent and now you have all of this uh monthly payments overhead that you need to make. You're,
0: you're stuck you're you, you have stuck. You just start overhead
1: think, oh my god what did i do why did i do this why just you know every month and every month the the the, the paycheck the 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 bills come and your your monthly payments come and you just if you if you just start to calculate how much how much sets are you now missing out you cannot buy the, you cannot exchange it for satoshis because you are you are paying off some stupid thing that you bought a year ago right? right that that you don't even like anymore because you didn't work for it that's another thing there is no way that you can compare consuming something that you didn't earn so to speak you don't have mm-hmm. the proof of work your soul cannot can you can't fool your soul your soul knows that you are living in a house that you still can't you you still didn't earn enough to to actually buy it or to to i mean if you rent it it's different right because then you you are just renting it for for a month or for two months or however long you are you're actually buying time right you are spending time making money and you are buying time so the time is your ultimate resource that's so important like literally whatever you are doing you are selling your time and you are buying money of course you don't want to to buy and hold money that's 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 robbing you out of your time you want to buy money that's gonna that's gonna actually increase the amount of time that you can purchase with it right that you can exchange it later so that's that's Bitcoin is the only money that can do that, right? Yeah. And again, it doesn't matter what money you are getting paid in. Doesn't matter. You can pay, get paid in Canadian dollars. I can get paid in euros. Someone can get paid in US dollars. Someone can pay, get paid in Indian rupees or Russian ruble or British pound or Swiss franc or whatever shit coin currency or, or or I don't know Turkish lira. Doesn't matter. What matters is what you are doing with the money that you when you get it where are you converting it to right do you take the easy fiat route where okay this money is not volatile it's stable and i know what to expect and i can't take i mean i i don't know what i would do if tomorrow i come to a grocery store and i don't know everything is more expensive by 10 percent, you know with which can happen with bitcoin right sure. with bitcoin Today, you know, price of, of, of my coffee can can go up 10% or can go down 10%, you know, only in a daily basis. Most people experience 10% or 15%, you know, increases or decreases in purchasing power over a year. That's the average, you know, inflation rate is around 14%, 7% or 8% on U.S. dollar, which is amongst the strongest, the, the hardest currency. It's still eight, seven, eight percent 7 8% a year, right? I... It takes a year to, to, to feel the you know the increase uh, in, in prices. I can feel the increase in prices seven, eight percent literally on a on a daily basis, right? I, I saw Bitcoin basically jumping up and down 20% in a day. It's crazy. But I also think that when you when you see, when you really feel that nothing is happening to you, I mean you didn't die, you actually you you get used to the volatility. You 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 actually understand that you take advantage you, of it. It's not just getting take used advantage to it, of it. You it's, can actually it's actually something advantage. you can leverage. Exactly, you can take leverage of it. You can use it to guide you to basically orient you what you should do right now. If you if the volatility is coming on downside, right, your purchasing power drops. Naturally, you are gonna tighten your spending and increase your 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 income, increase your inflows. Right. Make make sure that you can make more money during the bear market. And the opposite happens in the bull market. You are literally 100% aligned. And that's that's the only thing that you need to do. And really, you, you get better with it over time. Because I know for this bull market, from my personal experience, for example, in this bull market uh, in 2021, well, it was unusual bull market because we had two tops, right? One in in, Mar- in um, May 2021 and another in November 2021. It's, it's Kind of crazy uh, how we, how it, I, I literally thought that we will, we will break uh, 100k by by summer 2021. I, I, I was know, same almost 99% sure of, of that, but you know, China happened, whatever minor exodus, whatever. Okay, doesn't matter, but uh, I mean, I still did most of my larger expenses in 2021 uh, my office rent, my you know, the, the big office, office equipment. Uh, a new laptop a new phone new um uh, a scooter a new um whatever i mean we we spend a lot of uh, um yeah a new wardrobe all of that a lot of uh, a lot of traveling vacations you know going out in restaurants and so on so i'm kind of very i, I mean i i don't feel like oh my god now i have to it's not i'm kind of uh almost like fed up at, 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 at some point. At some point, like going out every couple of days, it's kind of gets boring. It loses you're its busy. novelty. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Now I actually enjoy, you know, kind of this more uh, frugal, uh, live you know, living, which is not, I mean, it's not like I'm, um, I'm not uh, spending. It's just that I'm less You're more likely- careful
0: with your pen is yeah. sharper. I like that term where it's like you're making... Exactly more um informed economic decisions you're going deeper into like do i need this is this yeah. essential i have less to work with and i yeah. that's a brilliant way of like a proof of work life is so yeah. different than a proof of stake than a proof you know what let's just call it proof of debt because really most debt, people yeah. someone who buys their home outright yeah will number one probably buy a home that's much more reasonable in price because yeah. you know exactly. there's a big difference between spending a hundred thousand euro and three hundred euro Whereas the proof of debt person doesn't give a shit that it's 350,000 Euro because all they're doing is signing on for a contract for 30 years to pay that off. And so they're, they're essentially that house for them is proof of debt, which makes it, um, something that controls you, right? Your, your house now controls you. Whereas the proof of work person, um, they are in control of their destiny and they are not, and that house is so much sweeter knowing you worked for it, right? Like this idea that, you know, you can do a marathon, On a scooter, or you can train really hard to run it. The marathon you complete by running it is way sweeter because of all the work you put in to earn that. And really, a house with a giant mortgage is an unearned house, and is simply proof of debt.
1: And it's like a curse. It's not a blessing. It's like a curse. You, you basically, it's it's so hard, and not not just the house. Anything that you buy on debt, anything that you buy with debt, is kind of it's not yours really, until you pay it off. It's not really yours. And the fact that you are pay- that you are kind of using this this thing and paying it off i remember well i got to that that completely in 2018 but the last thing that i that i bought on i don't know i think 24 24 months um credit card was uh, a laptop a macbook pro six uh 13 inch i remember in 2018 <laughs> and i was I, I i bought this thing and i i of course I had all the all the rationale why I need to buy this because I'm going to produce this, this, and that. I'm going to make money, business, whatever. I mean, whatever. I just want to, wanted to buy it, you know, and I yes. didn't want to save up so much for it, you know. And I just said, okay, I can buy this with cash, but I don't want to spend so much money because then I will not have a lot of money left. And then I, let's just... Put it on credit card. Yeah, pay later. And I Don't worry about it later. <laughs> worry about it later. Yeah. And then the fact is that that this I, I remember this. I spent the 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 summer, uh, you know, using this laptop. But I, you know, month after month, I I just I just couldn't didn't get to the to it to to really use it as the way I planned it to use. You know, mm. I just there was something wrong about it in general. Just just no doesn't work that's and then i got rid of it in uh in october november 2018 just just sold it uh paid the paid back the 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 credit cards cut out the credit card they 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 basically begged me it was american express they said no why are you doing this no i said no i don't want to do it no but you will get this this and that we have this new whatever great no i want to no but please think about it uh, once more. I mean we are here. oh my god no I don't want it, I, I, it the fact so when I bought a new laptop in um, yeah so look at the look at the great things that happened after that. When I started working so I, I used my old computer uh, in 20, 2019 and in 2020 when I when I had the opportunity to to start working with Safedin, I still use this big, Old iMac that I had from 20, 2012, right? It's old Mac, you know. It still works, but it's kind of slow. It's you know the screen is big. I can do most of most of the stuff on it, but it's kind of slow. It's not really good. I couldn't really edit videos or whatever. I mean, just too slow. I mean, old old, old thing. Um, and then I started working with Safe, and there was certain things that I had to that I had to had, had, had to do. I had to get a laptop, right? I just had to get it because, um, you know, I couldn't really uh, move an and an work tool. at the same time. Yeah, it's more efficient tool. But I decided, okay, I'm going to buy. That's when I already got, uh, you know, on a, on a full Bitcoin standard. And I said, okay, I'm going to buy a laptop, but I'm going to buy, um, you know, Something that's be that's gonna be as cheap as possible. You know, the, uh, it was just after the halving, so that was I think in uh, September, maybe maybe August or September 2020. I remember I thought, okay, I'm I, I have to buy a laptop, but I don't want to get into debt. No, I don't want to buy a new 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 Mac, new MacBook. I always li- liked Apple and stuff, but I I need a laptop, so I bought Acer laptop. It was pretty cheap i mean it was a great configuration uh but uh, it was much cheaper i mean three three times less than than the equivalent uh, macbook at the time i installed linux on it right so i learned for six months i learned you know a lot on how the open source software work i get, got much i sharpened my technical skills that that ended up being very helpful for Building the the website and you know the, all the technical infrastructure for for safety in his business and so on, uh, and he also uses uh, he he likes to use um, uh, Linux uh, open source operating system to write his uh, books on. So I so I could actually troubleshoot some some of the issues that he had. So that was great. That actually you know made me more useful for him, and you know we we started the bull market in. know what was uh, november 2020 we we hit all-time high right and we started pumping 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 up and i was you know i already have had more than enough money to to buy a new 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 laptop you know because as as good as you know linux laptop was the cheap one i still wanted to 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 buy a mac because mac is really much more uh user-friendly it's uh you know it just works Linux, you have to you have to spend a lot of time to to constantly you know kind of make it work. <laughs> anyway, the new MacBooks uh, M1 uh, MacBook Air came out, I think, and I bought it immediately. I think it was January or, or February 2021 in the pump up of the of the of the bull market. And uh, yeah, of course, with cash outright, no no debt, whatever. And I still use it. I still love it. I could i I still have like uh, it's not that I'm um ba- basically even if I wanted to to upgrade it right now right in the bear market, I would still get more sets than i than I paid it for, even with the depreciation, but I don't really want to upgrade it i I was looking at m two uh MacBook or the new MacBook air I mean not you have so to be doing
0: high level editing stuff to really see a significant difference in performance.
1: yeah yeah. And so. you know I, I'm gonna use up this for you know it's it works great it's it's uh very portable the battery life is uh great just I, I don't need anything more and it's just the fact that I that I don't have to, that's the main point the fact that I don't have debt. that you know if I had if I follow the logic of of many bitcoiners who are advocating getting into that I would basically right now I'd Either not have certain things or be simply saddled with that. I couldn't imagine, you know, with Bitcoin hitting its four-year moving average prices, like basically we are hovering around four-year moving average. I mean, like this is massive opportunity to stack. prime stack awesome. in time. Yeah, now is the time to accumulate. Now you know most of these guys who are advoc- who were advocating getting into debt. Now they are bearish. Now <laughs> they they want to be, you know, they are they are waiting for Bitcoin to go. We can buy over. their side. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I can. I'm happy to. I'm happy to, you know, purchasing power to go down. Because again, even if it goes down another fifty percent from here, that's just I'm just gonna re rebalance my budget, and I'm gonna hit even more inflow. I'm gonna stack even hard more because I'm I'm not. I don't have that. That's the main thing. I cannot drill this point home stronger here's debt here's a good
0: heuristic is, the things you buy with yeah. savings you own exactly
1: the things you buy with debt own you exactly they end up owning you so and you end up you know, like yeah. saving up for these stupid things and you yeah. don't really appreciate them you will find faults with the things that you bought uh on debt and that the faults with those things not no thing is perfect right but the faults that you will see with things that you bought on that are gonna drill you, like it's yeah. so irritating, irritating. It's not yours, you still have to slave away, and this thing pisses you off, right? And the opposite is with, with you know when you own them outright. Yeah. you just you just you just like them. You you use up all the all its useful life of the of the thing yeah. over time, and before you buy it, you also get this satisfaction of anticipation, that's what we were talking about last time, of research, anticipation, working, saving for it, right? It's, yes. it's sweeter. The longer you do it, the harder you work for it, the sweeter it's going to be when you actually buy it. That's why I'm much happier with something that, you know, that's, you know, with all of the things that I, that I own. Uh, I'm just happy with it. It's just, just yeah. a different mind, different mindset. And my argument is that over time, this this benefit, psychological benefit, spiritual benefit, however you want to call it, accumulates so much that you end up actually generating more wealth over time than if you mathematically, uh, you know, basically, yeah, you, you are getting into debt. The debt is cheaper than the appreciation of Bitcoin, but I think it doesn't work out over time, especially over time, because you are not calculating what is being in debt the state yes. of being in that actually doing to your capacity of your health it's really people, your health right it's like your, your health your everything yeah your, your mental your health spouse, like all of this stuff is just uh yeah it's no this is clean clean simple way of of taking full advantage of bitcoin being very comfortable with volatility and, and in fact take you know taking advantage of the volatility because other people don't understand it. So you have so much more kind of, I mean, I would much more like to, for everyone to understand what Bitcoin is, for everyone to get out of debt. And then we would all kind of appreciate slowly, uh, appreciate our, our money slowly without too much, you know, oscillation. But, you know, if people, I mean, if many people still have to go, still have to find out that that is not worth it. It's not worth it. Yes. Because even if you succeed with your first loan, you pay it off or whatever, you you kind of end up with more more Bitcoin because of that. That's just going to confirm your, well, I can do it again. And why wouldn't I do it with a bit more leverage? Right? It's like traders. If, if trader actually starts using leverage and he actually starts making money on leverage, what's he going to do? Right? Is he going to take like out more? no it's just going to leverage up even more that's what our humans do so if we understand that if we know that why not just switch it around learn how to how to how to do it you know different way on a bitcoin standard getting into that you don't have to pull consumption from the future you actually want to just pay pay from the past for the consumption in the future that's the, the beautiful thing the, the 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 older your money older your sats that you are paying are the farther away in the future you can you can push your consumption which will lower the price of that consumption it's it's beautiful it's it's hard to explain i mean in it's easier to explain with uh with uh with examples i know my first sats i bought in uh, july 2014 and just 20 dollars worth of bitcoin at 600 (laughs) but i still hadn't he didn't spend that that old old that's all the money right it's yeah. eight years old
0: dude that's like a, a keepsake utxo that is has exactly um, meaning beyond just the purchasing power
1: yeah but the, the the thing is that when i spend that uh you know uh i mean that the purchasing power is gonna be so high of that old old old, old thing yeah right and uh yeah so the hidden cost.
0: i think what you're getting at is like there are hidden costs to debt yeah. um both in terms of your mental health in terms of the risks and uncertainties because the other thing yeah. people don't really um really consider to its full extent is like the interest rate being charged on that debt you also have no control over like what if in a month your interest rate doubles yeah. so now your debt you burden is not even what you rate. thought it was you weren't planning for that so i think there's like there's hidden costs to debt yeah. you can either own things or have things own you when you own them uh, your relationship with that thing is fundamentally different because Absolutely. you are not a slave to that thing whether you realize it consciously or not, it's in there and it changes your relationship to the thing that you own, which you know you didn't really earn, right It's like this this resentment where it's like'm yeah. using this thing it's almost if it gives me trouble if yeah. it gives me trouble and I don't even own it and I'm paying for it still it's like this this nasty the con column just grows over time, Yeah. especially if you're in hard times where you have no option but to not pay that thing, whether it's a mortgage or a payment or whatever. Um, And you mentioned four-year moving average, and I think that's really the only number I really care about in terms of number one, um, it's always going up. It goes up slowly, but it goes up. It's much more stable. And to me, it's like the trade-off you're making is you can either accept short-term volatility and get long-term stability, or you can do the inverse where you get short-term stability and long-term guaranteed downside volatility with fiat. So it's like by choosing to accept short-term volatility, you are giving yourself a reliable, predictable foundation for building wealth. Um, And with the four-year moving average, that's a really beautiful number because you look at that on a chart and it just goes marches up consistently and, and you get there by zooming out. And It also gives you an idea of of how how much of an opportunity is there to buy stats right now? Well, the spot price has only dipped below the four-year moving average four times in Bitcoin's history. We are in one of them now. And that is, for me, that's my primary indicator when I zoom out and say like, are we in a bull or bear? Well, where does the current spot price compare to the four-year moving average? And that tells me whether, you know, the opportunity cost of me buying something i don't need is way higher when the when the uh, swap right. price is below the moving average because i'm sacrificing way more satoshis and so i'm more careful yeah. with what i do i'm more frugal and it does yeah. turn it's not like i'm sacrificing and living a miserable life yeah. to buy an yeah. extra t- satoshi but it turns into this fun game where it's like yes. well this thing yeah. Is, this donut is either four dollars or twenty thousand satoshis. It's like, yeah, well, twenty yeah, thousand exactly. satoshis in four years from now is worth like a thousand donuts. I'll yeah. sacrifice this donut for a thousand in future. An option to buy a thousand in future. And it, you know, it sounds like your life is now shaped by Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin yes. is influencing the way you live with a underpinning of truth, yes. um, almost to the point where it's like. You know, I love this analogy. It's like you have a mirror and it's full of dust, so you can't really see anything. It's unclear. It's blurry. Living in debt is like staring at a blurry mirror all day. You make the best decision possible, but at the end of the day, you don't have clarity because what you're actually your view is being manipulated. Whereas Bitcoin is like you wipe the dust off. You get a clear picture. Maybe you don't like what you see as much, but it's an accurate view that's non manipulated. So your decisions can actually be made grounded in reality however uncomfortable that reality might make you, but it's better to be uncomfortable with reality than happy with some manipulated form of reality that doesn't reflect truth, which will eventually catch up with you. And it seems like you getting out of debt, going on a Bitcoin standard, you've wiped the mirror. It's a clear mirror. You can make economic decisions in alignment with Bitcoin, uh, which actually allows you to benefit way more in the end because you're Spending more when the price is high and accumulating more when the exactly. price is low. This exactly. is like your life has turned into a DCA. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's really
1: cool. Yeah, yeah. And it's very important to do both, right? Mm. Uh, someone will say, no, I'm, like, uh, I'm not going to spend more in, in bull market. Well, if you don't spend more in the bull market, you're actually kind of sabotaging your capacity to, right. to, to stack you're more in the next bear market. Yeah, you are costing yourself, right? The fact that you that you that you are you know you you feel FOMO and you don't want to spend anything in the bull market. No, 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 because you are spending your few. You are reducing your future outflows, right? Yes. When you can stack more, so when you spend in the bull market. So again, as you said. That we are sacrificing uh, short-term volatility for long-term appreciation versus with fiat we are kind of gaining short-term stability for long-term depreciation. Yeah. I would even say that it's not even a sacrifice, like short-term volatility. If you know how to how to run a zero-based budget and how to rebalance, how to balance your budget, it's not even it's not even a sacrifice, right? It right. W- once you understand what you need to do, once you start doing it. It's not, it's not bad at all, right? It's, I mean, it's just normal, right? Normal it's thing. life. <laughs> you just, you just get used to the fact that uh, nothing that you, that you look at, you know, priced in Bitcoin is going to be stable, so to speak. The prices yeah. can change, whatever. My, the price of the books are changing on a weekly basis, 20, 30% in Bitcoin, doesn't matter okay they're changing i don't care i don't care how how much they are changing i care about how much books can i buy right maybe this week i I was able to buy 500 books next week maybe i will be able to buy i don't know 450 books or 550 books doesn't matter because i'm gonna either not buy a single one or buy one or two so it's like okay it's volatile it's changing but i don't care that's why that's why people who who say bitcoin cannot work as money because it's not stable no stability is not stable stability of purchasing power is not one of the necessary ingredients of money money can be i can imagine bitcoin never stopping its its extreme changes in purchasing power and still i'll be happy to use it because i know that this money over the long term is appreciating at a supreme rate and nobody can stop it because nobody can make more of it right, right. The more people demand to hold it <laughs> demand to use it it the only way to to resolve that issue is to for the purchasing power to continue to go up right that there is no other way so i want to use that money if the if it's not stable my that i don't care you can it, it it can increase the volatility i will just do my i will just uh you know, recalibrate.
0: Uh, and I'm yeah, recalibrate. One thing I'm really looking forward to in October when I come visit you is like, I, I'm yeah, very I'll excited to see, to just see this system at in a broad practice. view so that okay. I can get better at explaining it to people I know. And yeah. I will
1: show you because uh, it's, it's very easy. Like every time I go to, to a grocery store or I go to a coffee or whatever, we just uh, take the, you know, uh, there is an app on the phone. Uh, you need a budget. It's uh, a web app and mobile app. I just literally this morning we were we we went for a coffee you know i paid for the coffee and i you know while we were sitting down i just uh, entered the transaction that's it it took me less than 15 seconds right and it's 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 in there and it's deducted deducted you know one part of the money from the category of going out you know coffee shops whatever restaurants and so on the other was from the giving category which was for the tip for the waiter right one part for that, one part for that, no, it's in.
0: And what, another, thing that's, another thing that's very interesting is if all Bitcoiners did this, yeah. you are actually acting as a shock absorber for volatility, yeah. as exactly. a single person. Because yeah. when the price is high, you're spending more. When the price is yes. low, you're buying more. Which yes. also makes it so that there's never a bad thing. Because when the price is high, that's great. You can buy more things, you can spend more. When the price yes. is low, that's great. You can accumulate more of the world's soundest money for cheaper. It's exactly. all it's all good. Price goes up, price goes down, either scenario is good.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> and and even more uh I am uh like pushing and proposing and evangelizing this idea of people to get out of debt, right? Yep. So, I'm actually so I will tell everyone, no, get out of debt. Get pay off your debt. I'm decreasing the supply of fiat, decreasing the like because when you pay off the debt, you literally destroy that fiat right yes. right and then you reduce the future demand for more fiat creation mm. for your side when you don't because you are not never gonna get into that again yeah. so the fiat is actually going down right which actually like the deflationary force that you are doing on fiat you at least help the, those poor people who only hold fiat cash balances because you are not contributing to the inflation for there. Like when you take out the mortgage and uh, you get yourself into debt, like who are you hurting? You are hurting the the poorest of the poor, right? For yeah. some old lady that that can't meet their, you know, can she's starving now. You are you are taking on mortgage and you are devaluing her, her cash even more. I never thought of that, but like yeah, really, that's, every that's... time you take on debt, you're inflating. Exactly, you are inflating. And wow. why do you want, you're inflating and you are increasing the volatility of Bitcoin because you are increasing the amount of leverage that people can take on. And you are you are basically, you are confusing. I mean, it's not like you are gonna, you will not change the trajectory of Bitcoin. Yeah. You're it's not moving the needle, appreciate. but you are in a but certain extent. You are, Yeah, but you are making it harder for yeah. average people to, to get a grasp of what's going on. If they see Bitcoin moving up, parabolic uh in such a short amount of time of course they're gonna get either they're gonna get huge FOMO and they, they will move <laughs> you know head heads on or they're gonna say no this is a scam that's cannot cannot happen this is just a bubble and then it's crashed and yeah. then they look at just a uh, you know a year year back and yeah I, I told you it's crashed no <laughs> boy but it crashed you know on, on higher the, the, the lower highs uh, the lower yes. um, higher lows right every time but you know all of that is just extra work that you have to explain to people, because people are getting into that. If no one, no one would get into that. If ever. just imagine this: everyone who has that, right now, it's not going to happen. But imagine if that happened. They said, "Okay, I'm going to get out of that. I'm going to sell mine." Whatever, it. <laughs> <laughs> it would explode. But bitcoins would actually, you know, and go into the full Bitcoin standard. I mean, Bitcoin would just appreciate on a very stable, predictable. Manner, right? There will still be periods when people are kind of spending less, which means that the prices of everything drop down because people Mm -hmm. are not buying, right? So the inventory is filling up. So the prices go down. At some point, the prices go down enough where people start to buy and to spend their Bitcoin, which is when Bitcoin's purchasing power will start to kind of drop a little bit, right? So you will still have this volatility in prices but it's going to be much more smooth yeah much more predictable and uh i would rather have that uh, that that world because that that is the world i think we get there eventually
0: like this is where we
1: end up we'll get that eventually when when all the fiat kind of uh gets gets dissolved when all the all the real estate demonetizes all the stock market all bond market all fiat yep. currencies when all of that goes to Bitcoin and Bitcoin grows you know whatever how many hundred times from here then yeah, the then it goes to, to like
0: five percent a year, maybe eventually, and then it, that that's a good place, right? Because yeah,
1: the that's a good place, but I think that's even that's not gonna uh, not gonna be the case. I think that yeah, I I'm with Knut Swachon, uh with you know infinity divided by 21 miller. I think we'll that never after the complete, yeah, I think that after complete, uh, I think we are gonna have this this slope, right? S it's like S curve and we are going to slow down the appreciation but then after everything is monetized onto bitcoin because of the increases in specialization technology everything i think that we are going to start producing so much stuff so, so much abundance that bitcoin's purchasing power will go again skyrocket mode and it's just going to like especially because when people so that's that's far in the future when people understand when every, go every bitcoin is mined when they understand that they can if they don't have a plan for their Bitcoin, for their off, you know, for the generations that are coming, if they maybe don't have children or whatever, they're just going to say, okay, I'm going to, before I die, I'm going to burn 99% of the coins that I have in order to basically give from myself to to, to to leave a legacy for for the civilization in the future. Yeah. So that's what, so because of that, Bitcoin is still going to continue to appreciate in purchasing power forever. As Michael said, forever. Forever, Laura. Forever, forever, because it's, (laughs) completely limited in amount
0: that's the uh, that's yeah, a good place great. to end two hours flies by really fast exactly and uh pavau i appreciate your time everyone listening thanks for being here if you want to support this work support the show and support the orange pilling mission in rob uh there's a um bitcoin address in the youtube link or you can do value for value through fountain we haven't i don't know if we have that fully set up yet but That will be set up eventually. And uh, Pavao, I look forward to our conversation next month and then the one in October doing it in person. I think that'll be really powerful. And um, yeah, that's it for now. We'll see you next month. Thanks for being here. Ciao for now.